We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen, and I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.team, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. And we're going to take a look back at the NFL draft and not necessarily go like pick by pick and who's going to provide what. Uh, there's been plenty of that out. We're going to look ahead a little bit and talk about these picks, more big picture, where they fit on the roster, and just kind of the Niners' philosophy in this draft because I personally thought it was a little strange. So let's dive in. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. has got him and a sack him back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. Quick pass caught by Kittle. He dives and he's in. Touchdown 49ers. Hey Chris, welcome back. Thanks man. <laughs> the Kings basketball season is over at the hands of Stephen Curry and his 50 points. And you're back. I'm so happy that we don't have to dance around your basketball schedule. Yeah, yeah. We're dancing around my basketball schedule like Steph Curry (laughs) dancing around Terrence Davis. Um, Nice, dude. (laughs) Maybe less baffling, by the way. Totally baffling. Yeah. I just, man. That was, honestly, I've, I've been to a decent number of sporting events in my, in my sports media career. And um, I think that might have been the best single individual performance I've seen in person from any athlete. Just 50 points in a game seven, that environment, the way the series had gone to that point. um, It was just, I don't know. I'd never seen really anything like it, it felt like. We've watched Steph a lot, and obviously this isn't a Warriors podcast, but we've watched Steph a lot, <laughs> and like we we've all kind of been like he's capable of a game like this in the playoffs, but we haven't really seen it. It's always you know like he's had he had the what the 2018 Western Conference Finals against the Rockets after Kate no 2019 he he like went scoreless in the first half I think it was game mm-hmm. six and then he scored 30 in the second half. Like that's yeah. the, that's kind of the only in other Houston. one I can think of in Houston. This one, man, it was just like you knew from the jump. He was he was super aggressive early. Terrence Davis was on him for reasons that are still not super clear to me. Um, I'm I, I am writing about that for the B if anybody's interested. But um, I am. I was, <laughs> dude. I can't. I don't. I don't but. Know. Anyway, Curry came out and saw Terrence Davis and was like, all right, I'm just going to be ultra aggressive. And for whatever reason, Mike Brown did not turn to Davion Mitchell at any point in game seven. I don't. I don't get it. You can tell how aggressive Steph's going to be based on how hard he's dribbling the ball. (laughs) Yeah. That's 20 points in the first half. And you're like, all right, they're only down two, but it feels like Steph could really get cooking in the second. And that's exactly what happened. And not even in the fourth. Like he gave, they were, he had 34 through three quarters. And it was still only a 10-point game. Like, that's not insurmountable in the modern NBA by any stretch. And he still, still didn't try and slow down the guy who had 34 points or three quarters. It did feel like the game was over after the third quarter. It did. The, ter- the Oddly enough, the Terrence Davis foul on the clay three 
Yeah. Felt like felt like the ball game. No doubt. And I, I like I really like Terrence Davis. He's getting to know him a little bit covering the team. He's like super nice dude, super thoughtful. Mm-hmm. He's very emotional. Yeah. Especially when good things happen. Um, like he's he's just a joy to talk to when like he has a good game and he always has really interesting things to say. But like I just hated that for him. <laughs> like, like he's he's never he's oh, yeah. not he's not never been fault. he's not in the nba for being a defensive stopper he's in the nba because he can score a little bit right and putting him on steph in a game seven like that oof. like per like per like this is the game plan today yeah td on steph in a must i've <laughs> anyway anyway Man. nfl draft Wild. let's let's hey, dive what, in real quick real quick jake, jake moody <laughs> i have takes but what's the best you you covered the Niners for a long time? What what was the best individual performance you saw in the NFL? Oh, I'd have to think about it. Did I you mean, cover Ma- Kaepernick's Mahomes... game against against Green Bay? Which one? Kaepernick's game against Green Bay. Which the playoff one? game? There are two in San Francisco. No, that was but the year before I started covering the team. But I did mm. go to Green Bay next year for the frigid one. Um, where he had a great game, save for the near pick six on the final drive that ended in the but Phil Dawson hit the game winning field goal as time expired. Or Sam Shields, I think, or Micah Hyde. Yeah, so one of the I forget. Whew, best end of it. I mean, Niners fans aren't going to love this, but Pat Mahomes in the second half of the Super Bowl in yeah. Miami. Yeah, he was. He was just on Bosa in that Super Bowl too. Yeah, but the like. One- the third and 15 play is honestly one of the most miraculous plays I've ever seen. Out of control. He's like the only quarterback in history that makes that play. Yeah. Agreed. The the one that jumps out to me, uh, underrated was Tevin Coleman against the Vikings in the divisional round of that same year. Like, yeah, what do you have, a buck 25 and two tutties? <laughs> sure. Shout out to Tevin Coleman. Uh, no, Nick Bosa against the Panthers. That was his rookie year. And I think in that game, I think he had three sacks and an interception. Maybe it was two sacks and interception. How about Raheem Mostert's NFC Championship game against the Packers? 200 plus was, and four touchdowns. I wasn't in person for that one. Okay. My credential got denied. It was mm. awesome. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, three <laughs> three sacks, four tackles, and a pick. Then he nearly returned for a touchdown. Yeah, he probably he'd, he'd tell you he probably should have returned it for a touchdown too. Yeah. Gosh, I need to I need to go back and I was Mostert- unprepared for that question. Mostert in the NFC title game would be a great pick. Yeah. Yeah. He was unreal. Anyway. But that's a, that's also a function of just like the Niners offense being like pretty ridiculous. Just like I would say cuz that was Ooh. a week after the Devin the Tevin Coleman game you mentioned. Yeah, right. Niners offensive line was just like in his own. Dude, yeah. And Shanahan's play calling at that point, they were they were cooking with gas when it came to the running game. Hey, sneaky one, sneaky one before we move on to draft stuff. This is probably gone on way too long, but whatever. Um, sneaky one is shoot. Where'd it go? Uh, Vernon Davis against the saints in the divisional playoffs in 2012. Yeah. The Vernon post game. Yep. I was there. I wasn't covering it, but I was there seven catches for a buck 80 and two touchdowns. I was also, just couldn't stop him. That was was a wild afternoon. Uh, Pulling back the curtain a little bit on that since since that came up, a very, very close friend of mine works in the music industry and was actually the the liaison, I guess is the way to put it, to having Future perform on Ah. the dugout at Candlestick for that game. So my buddy and I, (laughs) we weren't like hanging out with Future. We were standing in the proximity to future and his crew um and like our job was just kind of like be the people connecting future to the i don't know anyway <laughs> field passes with futures is the takeaway from this one <laughs> my, my, my best my my best friend future you know we we go way back now so that's pretty tight dude Tony montana <laughs> Tony Montana gang for life. Shout out to Blake Costanzo, whatever he's doing. Yeah, Delaney Walker. Uh, Tavares Gooden. Yeah, we we. Jeez, can we? Ruby Dixon. 
CJ Spillman. Yikes. Yeah. (laughs) Not a great post. uh... David Akers. (laughs) David Akers, yep. Uh, There's there's like a couple I know that I'm missing. uh, Was Deshaun Goldson on kickoff? Probably. Probably should have been. He laid hat like he would have been. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. All right. Jake Moody. Talk about that. Dude, okay, look. Let's talk about Jake Moody. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Jair Brown first. I like the Jair Brown pick. Okay. He's the... This is a larger issue that I want to dive into with you. Jair Brown feels like the only player that is can possibly start this year. And even then, I'm not sure he's going to because they brought Tayshawn Gibson back to play free safety. So I don't know exactly what the plan is there, but overall this draft class looked like a, on the surface, looked like a draft class where the Niners went, meh, need some depth. These guys are all like depth pieces at best. Feel great about it. And then Kyle Shanahan says they only felt like they needed a starter at one position and that was kicker. I feel like that's not that good of a way to go about drafting. If you're going into a draft going, we only need to find one starter here. Like, no, 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 no. You should, you pick nine times. You should be trying to find nine starters. And I don't, I, this, this draft class feels like one where in 2025, we're sitting here going, man, if anybody from that 2023 class is any good, they'd be in a good spot right now. Yeah, I I I agree with you. I do think generally it's just hard and the numbers will back it up, right? It's hard to find starters in certain rounds. It's hard to like go into fourth the fourth round being like we're we're definitely finding a starter here unless you're like really targeting guards and centers, right? Like it's just it's it's far from a guarantee. Um so I get what Kyle Shanahan's saying from that standpoint, but where I would push back is I would tell Shanahan, well, look at your own team. Like, look at how many good players you've found that are starters that were third, second, third, fourth, fifth round picks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, he, he's definitely like a glass half empty type guy and just a pessimist by nature. And we talk about that a lot with a lot of the decision he ma- decisions he makes a lot of the way he evaluates players it's like you know you really have to be a baller coming out for Kyle Shanahan to think highly of you from the jump and maybe mm-hmm. you know maybe Jair Brown does start right away but yeah like i don't know i i thought honestly the most telling thing about their draft process was when John Lynch said after they took Jake Moody that no one in the draft room was particularly excited, right? Like this, the scouts in the room, like the room was not buzzing, right? Like when, when the Niners took Nick no Bosa, buzz in the lobby. there was no buzz in the lobby. When the Niners took Nick Bosa, everyone was pumped. They knew right. what they were getting. They were like, all right, this guy has a chance to be one of the best defensive ends in the league. If he isn't already from jump street. But for John Lynch to say, yeah, we drafted a kicker and no one's really that excited. Like, it's one thing to draft a kicker. Like, yeah, any reasonable scout will say, yeah, we, we're a def- defensive team. We play in a lot of close games. Obviously, special teams is really important. That's not like lost mm-hmm. on scouts. But my issue with the Moody pick is like, man, if you are drafting the earliest kicker since Robert Aguayo, this dude better be a baller. Right out the box. Like he, he has Justin to Justin Tucker. Yeah, I don't know if he has to be like a Hall of Famer, but like I'm I'm going there. I think he needs to be one of the three best kickers in the league if you're using a compensatory third round. And I know they're talking about it like it's basically a fourth round pick. But like he but needs to be <laughs> they had two top one hundred picks and they used one of them on a freaking kicker. Yeah, no, I agree. And and it, again, I'm not opposed to drafting a kicker but he just better be good. And like you, you look at his numbers, like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at 13 for 17 in his career from 40 to 49 yards. 
that's, that's not, not that great. Good. Yeah, it's not great. Four for ten in his career on kicks of fifty plus yards. Like he's a career eighty two percent field goal kicker in college, and I get it that the hash marks are wider in college, and it's harder to kick in college, and et cetera, et cetera. And he only had four kicks in twenty twenty. Is a little bit weird. He didn't. He didn't right. become the full time place kicker. He was kickoff. He was like primarily kickoffs until twenty twenty one. Yeah, but career eighty two percent field goal kicker. Eighty two percent would be like in the bottom fifth of the NFL. Right. Like over a full season. The 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 issue is and again, if he's I Hall of Fame is too far. But like you said, he has to be a top three kicker in the league for this to be worth it. And I totally agree. And the issue is I get that okay, that's the only position they needed a kicker. A starter, so you went and got one and but there's like a value question here. And you take Jake Moody at 99 or you wait until the sixth round you draft a kicker then, and then you sign a couple an undrafted free agency and you let them duke it out in camp and you figure out which one's the best one like that. I promise you can find a kicker that way. Yeah. But the fact that the fact that they took a kicker and Shanahan's calling him to let him know they're picking him. And he's like, Hey man, you know, I could have taken a running back here, but you know, that's how you know we like you is that we're taking you here. And that at, they're making fun of the pick. They're making fun of themselves for making the pick after the right in their press conference. <laughs> like right. if you had real conviction on this, you'd be like, Yeah, my friends are all texting me making fun of me, but we think this guy is going to be a star. Right. Not yeah, but you know, what are you gonna do? I had to take one. Like, no, you didn't. Yeah. You didn't have to do that. Totally agree. Uh, man, he just if if Kyle Shanahan thought it was bad when he missed on a third run running back, just yeah. And I, wait, maybe he's good. Maybe Jake Moody will be yeah, fine. Totally, but but he just needs like in order to justify picking one that early, he's got to be really really good. In my opinion. correct. Yep. Um, I'm right there with you. And I and I just think like you know we he did this in 2018. I'll never forget. You know after the 2018 season. Everybody in the world knew the Niners needed an edge rusher, right? Mm-hmm. And Kyle Shanahan punted on getting an edge rusher. They didn't get an edge rusher until the next year when they got two, when they got D Ford and Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. But in 2018, they just didn't draft any edge rushers. And then the reasoning was like, well, it's tough to beat out Cassius Marsh. And it's like, okay, look, whatever like the, obviously that's a ridiculous thing to say Cassius Marsh is like the world's most replacement level pass rusher right but like to look at college prospects and say with certainty oh we don't think this guy's going to be able to make our team or we don't think he's gonna like just ignore the chance like I, if I'm running a draft and it's day three I'm ignoring whatever chances are the chances are of a guy like being able to make my team and being able to beat out this player and that player, whatever, just draft the best guy and then throw him in training camp and let the cream rise to the top. Yes. Particularly for a Niners team. When like you drafted one of the best tight ends in the league in the fifth round, your starting quarterback was the last pick in the draft. You did not take him because you were like, Oh, we know he's going to beat out Trey Lance or we know he's going to beat out Nate Sudfeld. Not tough to beat out Trey Lance, apparently. (laughs) Well, you just draft those guys because you're like, well, we need a quarterback and, you know, we need somebody to take reps. Like, just draft the best guys and figure out the depth chart stuff and whether or not this guy can beat out that guy later. Right. And that's like like going into a draft and being like, no, we don't like any of these any of these tackles because we don't think they're better than the guys we have. Like, obviously, they've never practiced. They've never (laughs) participated in an NFL practice before. Right. And part of this is like, I, I give the front office a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because they have found some really nice players in the third round and fifth round and sixth round and now the seventh. So they get a little bit of a benefit of the doubt here, but it's like George Kittle was a really good athlete and Dre Greenlaw was a really good athlete. And there were, there were traits to like, with all of those guys like Cameron Latu, the tight end they got out of Alabama in the third round, nothing particularly special about him. Um, 
Darrell Luter, the cornerback from South Alabama that they drafted. Okay, toolsy guy. Good size, he's good length and and a fine athlete. Okay. Like I actually I'm 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 there. Robert Beal, the edge from Georgia, he's got a good he gets off the ball quick, but apparently doesn't really do anything else particularly well. So may, they're betting on coaching there, I guess. Like, and that's what all of these picks are. It's like just not it, it's it's just it's tough to get excited about this draft class. And I get it's tough. They didn't pick until, you know, late in the third round and and whatnot, but it just it feels like their approach to the draft was need some guys to fill out the roster. These are some guys we think can fill out the roster. Call it good. Yeah, it was it was kind of the it didn't feel like an aggressive attempt to make the team better. It was that's like a good, that's a good way to it was it was very much like, all right, we already think we're really good. We don't really need to change all that much or get that much better. Like and I get it, you know, you traded for Christian McCaffrey and you didn't have your first round pick because of the Trey Lance deal. Obviously that matters, but just be like, well, we needed a kicker, so we just took one. I mean, if you yeah. really think about it, they just got Christian McCaffrey with a second round pick. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it just didn't feel like looking at it, they really were I don't know. And maybe some of these guys end up being good. Like Beal, maybe Beal, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's tough because for him it's like obviously a very high recruit, a blue blood program freaky athletic traits but like why did none of it work in like at georgia like why did he was he only a rotational guy right right and and maybe you know like maybe he's a second or third round talent who you know would have been taken earlier in the draft had he had the production to match the trades sure but you know i i just think it it sort of felt like all right we're resting on our laurels a little bit we like mm-hmm. the team that we have and we're not going to we're not going to do anything to really be like it was it was the opposite of the Eagles draft right uh, niners yeah. niners and right. eagles look look at each other in the eyes in the NFC like i think niners and eagles are quite clearly the two best teams in the NFC and the eagles were like we're going to load up and still get a whole lot better and add a bunch of talent to our team and the Niners were like, well, we don't have a first round pick. We got Christian McCaffrey. That's cool. We'll get we'll get a safety because we have a pretty significant need at safety. We'll get a kicker because we need a kicker and then whatever. Yeah, and that's and OK, so I need to make this clear as well. Like maybe the Niners just picked a bunch of guys who are going to be awesome. And maybe the Eagles draft when we look back on it in five years is like, wow, that's what got Howie Roseman fired. That that draft is terrible. Like that's all on the table. We have no idea. We haven't seen him play it down in the NFL. But projecting out, and just when you look at what, even the Colts, like, it's all, like, big athletes. And guys that, it's like, okay, I can see this guy playing on Sunday. And I just don't really see that a lot with the with the Niners picks. And, again, we're talking about this on May 2nd. So it's not like we know for sure. Yeah. I do... But, I do think Jair Brown has a chance to be good. I I think Jair Brown's going to be really good. I'm in on that pick. Yeah. And when they moved up, and when actually when they moved up for him, it was like, oh damn, like this is this is the kind of draft they're going to put together. Like, and you Jair were right. Brown, you were right, by the way, when you predicted that they were going to move up. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. You're welcome. Um, yeah. So they move up. They didn't move up as high as I thought they were going to. I thought they were going to get into like the 70s. They moved up to 87. They only needed to get rid of one third round pick. They got rid of the hundred and second pick to move up to that spot. Like it's a good trade. And I think Jair Brown, if you're looking at players who might be able to replace Jimmy Ward, I guess the legitimately has a skill set to do it. So, okay, cool. But then Moody at 99, it's like, okay, like that's weird, but okay. And then Latu in the third round, I again like he was getting mocked in like the fifth round and not to say that mock drafts no, but when you just look at what he does on tape, it's like, okay, that's probably feels about right where you'd feel good about that. And it's the third round instead. And I I don't know, man, I just didn't, I, I don't, I don't 
the thing that really sticks out to me, and part of the reason I'm I'm saying this about these picks, is because of Shanahan's quote about we felt like we only needed a starter at one position. Yeah, that's. I just don't think that's that good of a way to look at the draft. I agree. I'm just taking the best players possible, and not right. look and not looking at dudes. Because again, you don't know what's going to happen in a few months and how quickly guys are going to develop once they get into your building. Mm -hmm. And are they going to change their bodies? Are they going to, you know, unlock themselves by playing in in a certain scheme next to a certain player? Right. Like, you know, when George Kittle came out, no one was would ever have said, oh, George Kittle is going to be one of the best three tight ends in the NFL for the next five years. Right. You know, if we were doing this. You draft him because you're optimistic about what he could be. You're not comparing him to other tight ends, whether they're on your roster or somewhere else. Like I, I do think it's just faulty to be like, oh, well, th- this prospect isn't going to beat out this guy in yeah. as of you know late April in 2023 when you don't know what it's going to look like come November, which is like the Brock Purdy story to a T. But <laughs> right, and also like. Do they only need a starter at one position? I think you could argue that right tackle, for sure. I don't know that right guard is for sure locked in with Spencer Burford. He did okay last year, but are you 100% like ready to be like, yeah, it's Spencer Burford's job? Uh, the corner spot opposite Javarius Ward, are they ready to just give that to Diameter Lenore? Uh, free safety Tayshawn Gibson's just the guy like he's just he's going to be the starter and that's I'm I don't know yeah Maybe I'm just I, pessimistic but no like I just I, I'm with you in that Shanahan going into it being like we don't think this player can start over that player so we're not going to draft him I, I just think that's that's not the right way to look at a draft I I totally agree now watch watch this <laughs> we've said all this and now this is going to be like their best draft class. Right. Maybe it's Latu is going to be Delaney Walker. and Right. <laughs> <laughs> Given how often I'm wrong, that would uh, track. So. <laughs> I but. do. I do like D winners. Like for a six round pick. I think there's potential there. The TCU linebacker. I. So D winters. Um, I had never watched him before. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be totally honest. I did zero things on him pre-draft. Uh, but after, uh, when the Niners take a pick, I go and I I watch and I do some research. John Lynch said they they saw a little bit of Dre Greenlaw there. And I I see why. Yeah. And if he's the starting Sam this year, that wouldn't shock me if he just follows the Dre Greenlaw path. Yeah. Where he's just a Sam for a couple of years. Greenlaw's under contract two more years. He prices himself out of the Niners market and winter steps in. It's still wild to me that Trey Greenlaw took the deal that he did. Yeah. When but, he... I mean, shout out to him. He took that deal and then had his best season as a pro. So what, Two, four, let's see. Yeah, two years, 16.4. Like, could he have legitimately gotten $14 million a year had he, hit in free, had he hit free agency? Kind of feels like he could have. Um, after last year, or after this year, he signed it in the middle of last season. Yeah, so, so it would have been a free ahead agent of his year. ahead of his free agency. So he's nineteen twenty. Okay, yeah. So this would have been he would have been a free agent. That's right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know because he had the injury issues in twenty one. Um. Linebackers know, get linebackers get paid, man. Like they, they do get especially linebackers who can cover. Tremaine Edmonds got a bag. I think Dre Greenlaw's better than Tremaine Edmonds. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like even okay, say it's not say it's twelve million dollars a year. Like I I'm I feel pretty I confident. Got, I would have gotten twelve. Yeah, I'm I feel pretty confident that Dre Greenlaw could have cashed out a lot more in free agency. But I mean, good for the Niners, I guess. Yeah. I just I feel like I feel like one of the themes of the Niners team building process has been like making a mistake and then throwing money at it to fix it. And that's just kind of what this draft smells of 
to me. Just after, again, maybe there's five starters in here. I have no idea. But when you start diving into the advanced metrics and you look at some of the just like track record of what makes a good pro and how draft prospects translate to the NFL, there's not like a ton to be excited about. Um, Ronnie Bell, the receiver from Michigan, I actually think can play. Um, but I don't know, man. It's kind of an odd, an odd way to build a team, but it's also well, kind of, it's hard to argue with a front office that's built a team that's gone to the NFC championship game in three out of the last four years. Yeah. I think that's fair too. I, I yeah, well, we'll see if any of these work out like imagine. Okay. So imagine if the Seahawks were like, no, we don't think Jackson Smith and Jigba is better than um, DK Metcalf. Or Tyler we, we don't Lockett. need a we don't need a starter at receiver, right? And maybe I mean maybe the Niners just scouting department just wasn't that high on this draft class, possible. And and they were just like, hey, these are the dudes that can maybe produce a little bit. One thing and I did hear was there was year. one thing I heard was there were a lot fewer first round grades on players than is yes. standard. I heard it was like anywhere from like 12 to 15 and usually the number is like at 25. Right. In terms of guys that like are rubber stamped with first ground talent. Right. So for whatever I'm, that's uh, worth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't know. Weird. Weird, weird draft. I'm Which just of the late back round the guys? round next year. Yeah, which of the late round guys do you like the most? D winners. If I'm ranking the players, I'm excited to see. It's D winners one, Ronnie Bell two. Um, any order: Darrell Luter, Robert Beal, Braden Willis. I kind of think they're going to move Braden Willis to fullback. By the way, that's my scorching hot post draft take. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Yeah. Or just have him like anytime Kyle use checks out, he he gets the backup fullback snaps yeah. and like works as an H back. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I also I'm also like Latu didn't become a pass catcher until his fourth year at Alabama. 
And he's pretty productive in that role. So I do, I, and he, he went to Alabama as a defensive player. And so maybe the Niners are projecting out that he's going to kind of continue ascending. And that honestly wouldn't shock me. Dane Brugler had a cool stat on him. Um, 80.4% of his college receptions over his last two years resulted in a first down or touchdown. Jeez. So he's basically like Kendrick Bourne in tight end form. Man. So maybe that's... Yeah, maybe he's a late bloomer, but there yeah. isn't a whole lot that stands out physically. No. So just kind of a it's the guy. But like I said, maybe he's he's ascending still because he made a position change in college. Yeah. Yeah. And Jair Brown, obviously. I I'm fascinated to see what their plan is for him. If it's like, hey, he's super over aggressive and he misses tackles, so he's gonna be just a third safety this year, this kind of chess piece that they throw out there for 10 or 12 snaps a game? Or do they watch him and go, hey, this guy's better than Tayshawn Gibson, and they make him the starter? Right. Yeah, I think that's I, what they're hoping. I think Brown, every time we, we potted, we talked, like, leading into the draft, I would talk about team captains and football character and stuff. Oh, yeah. And how, like, the Niners have been successful drafting guys with football character as, like, a mm-hmm. an additive trait. It seems like Brown is, like, that type of guy. So, you know, maybe he slipped in the draft because of his 40 time at the Combine. Um, but I think in terms of, like, where they took him, I think it's a good value because yeah. it's not – they didn't – take a guy who's like a first or second round talent and slipped because of character concerns or whatever. Right. They took a guy who's a first round talent who slipped because like, Oh, maybe the traits aren't there. Well, it's like, well, he he probably plays faster than he timed and they're not going to have to worry about the football character stuff with him. And so I just, I'm in, I'm in on finding that type of dude. The other, the other thing I'm yes. The other thing, in his last two years at Penn State, he was involved in 16 takeaways. Yes. 10 interceptions, three fumble recoveries, three forced fumbles. And that could be massive for a team that could have the best pass rush in the league. Yes. Yes. Yep. I'm also interested to see Robert Beal with coaching. I'm talking myself into this draft class the more we do this. If we spend 20, <laughs> if we spend 20 more minutes on this pod, I'm going to talk myself into the Niners winning the draft. I saw Brugler said the 49ers draft class ranked 32nd out of 32. Yeah, that's right. That's what happened. But, you know, they didn't draft anybody in the first or second round, and one of their third round picks was a kicker. So, yeah. And then they didn't have a fourth round pick. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Moody's just a pro bowler from Jump Street, and we don't have to worry about it. Better Moody in five years, Moses or Jake? <laughs> Um, who, which, which Moody does their coach hate more Moses or Jake, which Moody has more championships. <laughs> Moses does. I don't think Jake won one at Michigan. Michigan won a title. <laughs> no, God, no. I know. I'm joking. No, no, no. Sorry, Tracy. Let's not get crazy. Does Tracy listen? Does Josh listen? Sorry, Josh. Uh, they do. Josh and Tracy both listen to the pod. Oh boy. Yeah. I I could not believe the Niners drafted Jake Moody and my notifications were not lit up from Josh Dubow and Tracy Sandler on on this kicker thing. Dude, you're old hat. You're a Kings guy now. You're a basketball guy. Every time I see Josh, every time I saw Josh before the draft, he would talk about how Jake Moody was perfect on his extra points against Ohio State. <laughs> he was per- he went 148 for 148. On extra points in his career. I'm willing to bet he's going to miss one of his first, like, five extra points with the Niners. Oh, no. Whether it's in the preseason or the regular season. He's shanking his first kick. 100%. (laughs) The stuff just evens out. Like, Hey, here's here's the thing I have on Jake Moody. 
Kyle Shannon was like, yeah, Schneider, Coach Schneider, their special teams coach, put him through a workout, and we're really confident in the type of guy he is. Like, what, were they just, like, berating him while he was kicking and it didn't phase him? Were they just like, here, kick this field goal, we're going to beat the shit out of you, and then kick another one? And he's like, I got this. There does... <laughs> there does... Probably... Jesus really like the cut of his jib. You do probably have to have a certain mindset if you're a kicker kicking for Jim Harbaugh. That's true, especially as a walk-on. Yeah, like there, there's probably something about that. Like that's, you know, the Big Ten. I mean, it's not the SEC, but there are quite a few huge stadiums in the Big Ten and a lot of pressure kicks and stuff like that. So, like, I, I get it from that perspective. He just, if you're drafting a kicker at the end of the third round, he just has to be good right away. Not even like an average yes. kicker. He cannot yes. be an average kicker. He needs to be good. You have to have unequivocal faith in him in the postseason. And if you have to hesitate at all when it comes to thinking about your kicker in the playoffs, then the dude's just not worth a third round pick. I'm right. hundred percent. But if you're it. but if he's a playoff kicker and you're like, no, we're we're fine. We're inside forty five yards. We know he's gonna make cash. it. He's cash, like then it's like, okay, good pick. <laughs> Although if he's not very good and it forces Kyle Shanahan to go for it on like fourth and one from the other team's thirty-five, then maybe that's a blessing in disguise. Just an unintentionally awesome pick. The Niners draft Robert Aguayo kind of... <laughs> 2.0 and they have to go for it on every key fourth down. And Kyle Shanahan <laughs> just becomes the darling of the analytics community because they never <laughs> kick field goals. Riverboat Shanahan. <laughs> I think Shanahan would sooner quit coaching than <laughs> have to go for it every time. That would be, I mean, the, they unintentionally backed into the Brock Purdy thing, unintentionally backing into being like an amazing fourth down team <laughs> <laughs> because they drafted a horrendous kicker would be, would be <laughs> chef's kiss. That would be amazing. <laughs> hey, anything inside anything like 25 yards and out or going for it yeah Fourth we're going for it 30 third and eight third and eight we're letting brock cook to cameron latu he's a first down machine <laughs> oh man uh, that'd be a twist that would be a twist jake moody can't make field goals but cameron latu's cash on third down so and fourth downs yeah uh the draft is it'll be better it'll be better to talk about next year when they actually have early yeah. round picks yeah and i'm interested i am interested to see how these guys all perform in a camp and preseason environment because maybe there's a ton to like once they're on the field and the niners have done a nice job like getting through the peripheral stuff and finding good players so yeah. who knows glass who... half glass half full kyle shanahan oh one more one excuse me one more nfl drafting uh-huh. We talked so much about like the pre-draft stuff and my favorite thing that happens during the draft is on day 3 when every pick is a great pick. <laughs> every selection is like, "Oh my god, can't believe this guy thought, oh my, how did this guy? Oh, the huh. I'm like, "What? <laughs> like, you, really?" There's a lot of uh how many, how many agent appeasement going on three? in these Twitter streets? No doubt. How many day three picks are going to be like good NFL players? 12? Yeah, probably on average. 15? Something like that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like how many starters do you typically yeah. get early on? This team, the Colts' entire class. Like I said, they, dra they drafted athletes with like measurables. I, I get why that's exciting. But I mean, a couple of those guys might be starters. Yeah. And a bunch of them are going to not be in the league in a couple of years. I thought you were going to say your favorite thing about day three of the draft is just like Eric Branch tweeting punch drunk thoughts. And my favorite thing about everything in the NFL is Eric Branch. <laughs> I missed being around Eric a lot during day three of the draft. <laughs> just, just workshopping jokes. Just yeah, it's like everything's a bit. It's all very lighthearted, and it's it's just incredibly fun. You know, phone booth guy, dancing bear, 
height, weight, speed guy. That's one of his favorites. Just like listing off just like football scouting cliche after somebody gets picked that can apply (laughs) to like anybody. (laughs) Like, oh, height, weight, speed guy for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Character, character guy. Quicker than fast. (laughs) Sudden. Um, All right. I've got nothing left to say. Have we talked about Brandon Ayuk and Javon Kinlaw's fifth-year option? No. Brandon Ayuk's got picked up. Javon Kinlaw's didn't. Stunner. Zero surprises. Hey, the whole, like, Brandon Ayuk's going to get traded thing that took over the internet for a couple days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Brandon Ayuk tweeted, I think it was Thursday or Friday morning, like, my agent called... And I thought I I thought I was getting traded. I was going to go down there and kick doors in or whatever. Some people read that as why did he think he was going to be traded? Why why was that his first thought? It's like because it's the draft and his agent was calling him at an atypical time, or he's just trolling everybody on the internet, or that that's definitely fair. But also, the fact that he said he was going to go in and kick doors down leads me to believe that there's been conversations about like him staying around long-term and that a trade would have been a vast departure from that. Yeah. That's what I heard. Anyways, I will, not being traded. I will remain steadfast in my belief that if the 49ers only keep one of Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel beyond this upcoming season, it's far more likely to be Brandon Ayuk as the guy that sticks around than Debo Samuel. Yes, I agree. It might be a hot take. And I'm not exactly like a hot take guy, but I just, given the money, given the way that everything went with Debo, I know I'm repeating myself here, but I think that's the discussion internally, not, oh, we already have Debo. We got to trade Ayuk. It's, well, if we have to pay one of these guys, it's probably more likely to be Ayuk. Yeah. Yeah, I'm there. I'm with you. Also, Shout out I'm to not, Debo, though, friend of the pod. Would I'm love to have not, him back on. <laughs> I'm also overtime if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm also not totally, I'm not ready to punt on Javon Kinlaw yet. But I, they did the right thing to not pick up his fifth year option. But I'm just going to buy in on the idea of him being like, okay, hey, this time he's healthy. Because if he is and he can play 17 games, then maybe he starts to kind of figure it out a little bit. And it's like, oh, there's a nice, another nice piece on their uh, defensive line. But it was absolutely the right thing not to pick up the fifth year. The fact that if they... He plays... Go ahead. If he plays 17 games and plays well, then maybe re-sign him next year for way below the like 11 million he was going to get for the fifth year option. The fact that they spent so much money on Javon Hargrave <laughs> indicates where they're at right. with Javon Kinlaw. Right. Yep. No doubt. When I talked earlier about making a mistake and then throwing money at it to fix it. Yeah. That's one. And I'm fairly certain if you were to give everybody in that Niners front office truth serum or a blueberry Red Bull vodka. <laughs> They would tell you they have, they really, really regret the DeForest Buckner trade. I think that's right. They might tell you that openly. They kind of allude to it. They like dance around that it's a mistake while sort of letting you know that it's a mistake. Right. But mm-hmm. like, but you can't say that it was while Javon Kinlaw's still on the roster. Yeah. So. Anywho, I've got nothing else for you, man. Same. Game one. Grade? Did you give draft grades? What's your? I didn't. I openly said, "Wow, you don't listen to the pod." Fine. Uh, I <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, I openly said that I would not be doing grades. There were. I said whether I liked or did not like the pick. I liked Brown. Okay. I liked winners. And... <laughs> I mean, you can talk me into Ronnie Bill. Okay. I'm not, I would never be mad at any seventh round pick. 
you know, like, oh, they really screwed the pooch right, on that right, one. Totally. Like, it's a seventh round pick. The thing, the thing with Cameron Latu is, I liked again. I was like, yeah, hey, fifth round, I'm, I'm here, I'm in. But in the third round, it was kind of like, and maybe, maybe they're doing the thing we talked about before the draft. Like, maybe part of the reason they struggle to find players in the third and fourth rounds because they they try and get too fine with it instead of being like, this guy's a good player. Just get him in the building. And maybe that's what they saw with Cameron Lotti. They were, they said, Hey, we don't think he's going to be around when we pick in the fifth round. He's a good player. This is our last pick until 55 picks from now or whatever it was. Just go get him. Who knows? Yeah. And like, I don't know. I, I don't love doing the thing where like, Oh, we'll just trade back. And cause obviously like another team has to trade back. But with you, but like, do you need to take a kicker in the third round or can you move back a little bit and then get him in the fourth? Yeah, you probably could have, but. Yeah, who knows? Maybe they maybe they thought a team picking behind them was going to was going to take. I think the Patriots took a kicker at 112. Yeah. So. They must have felt very strongly about Jake Moody and they better be right. (laughs) While also saying. The draft room was not super pumped when we did it, but yeah, everybody made fun of us and we understand why. (laughs) Yeah. The the messaging was, wasn't great. Calling your draft pick and being like, look, I didn't want you, but I mean, you're coming (laughs) like, Oh my God. (laughs) Oh, how to feel loved. Anyway, let's get out of here. Faithful to the Jake. Mm. no doesn't fly that's fine okay (laughs) subscribe rate review we'll be back next week later this week later this week yeah we'll do there'll be some news that'll inevitably pop out that we can talk about i'll have undrafted free agent takes once i get a try once i get a chance to deep dive on those guys Mm -hmm. udfa takes which veterans could lose their jobs to rookies find out next time on Candlestick Chronicles. Demetrius Flanagan fouls just